0: To see Ma- Mary, she was doing laundry, and then the angel just appeared, and she was really scared. So Gabriel was like, "Mary, you're gonna have... I le- can I can't say it good. Mary, you're gonna have a baby. I, you're gonna have a baby, and you will call him Jesus. And then Mary was like, "I'm not gonna have a baby yet. I'm only a teenager. And I'm not married." Then the angel Gabriel told Joseph that Mary is not lying. She you are having a new baby. And so they met up. They went to Bethlehem, which was Joseph's old town. They ride a donkey. <laughs> uh, I don't know. A camel. Oh yeah, a camel. She said, this donkey's fast. Well, they tried to go to a hotel and they asked the keeper um, for a place to stay. The keeper said, "We have no rooms, literally no rooms." <laughs> so Mary and Joseph walked away sadly. But then he said, "The only place in here in Bethlehem that that you can stay stay is a stable." And then he just pointed the way, and they. Followed when the shepherds were taking care of the sheep, and then they saw angels. The angels said, "A new baby is get, getting born, who is King of the Jews." The angels were singing, "Glory us." And then the shepherd said, I think we should go there and meet him." The second, I think, said, yeah, I agree with you. And the other said, yeah, me too. They had to walk through a bunch of grass and bushes, maybe have to camp out a night. And then the lion heard about it. And then a star appeared. Well, we should probably follow that star. It's pointing down to the barn. So maybe we should follow it. Maybe. So the wise men went to Jesus. They gave them gifts. A stuffed animal, like a hippo one, they have at home. Some diapers, and <laughs> some wipes, and some milk, some shoes, <laughs> some Jordans. Gold, Frank, and Vladimir. And I don't know how it would survive in that barn too stinky, too crowded and ugh. I think he probably because the room was very smelly Thank you for coming He's adorable He's gonna be our best friend I love you and you're the best baby i ever seen There, I said it <laughs> The new baby is gonna change the world
1: That's a great way to start out a Christmas service. Um, Stand with us. We're going to honor the Lord through song tonight, this morning, whatever day it is. All right, here we go. It's Christmas Eve. That's right. Spirit's back. Satan's power when we were born astray
2: Merry Christmas, everyone. We are so glad you're with us. We've had some folks here this morning. We have three more services today and candlelight services. We're glad you've come now uh, to this service and you've taken some time out of a busy holiday schedule. In fact, that's what I want to talk with you about today is keeping Christ in Christmas is an outline inside your bulletin today that you can follow along. But the idea behind all this is that sometimes with all the activities going on, With all the travel and shopping and parties and whatnot, sometimes we get to Christmas and go, I don't know if we had any time for Jesus. And today, we want to talk about that, and so I want to thank you for making this choice to be here today. Um, You've chosen the right thing, because Christmas is Jesus' birthday, and we want to celebrate it rightly. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, I want to thank you that we can celebrate Jesus' birthday together. Lord, it's Christmas Eve. Christmas Day is coming tomorrow. And Lord, we're grateful we can gather right now for a few minutes and focus on you. We don't want to miss your birthday, Lord. So I pray that you'll speak and move me out of the way and teach us some things today about keeping you right in the center of Christmas. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Point A, it's surprisingly easy to pay little or no attention to Jesus on his birthday. I'm telling you, it really, really is. It's always been that way. Maybe if you haven't read Luke 2 recently, read it now again with me uh, or just listen as I read this and let's uh, keep this in mind of how easy it is uh, to miss out on Jesus. In the days when Jesus was born, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. It was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. Went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now pay attention to that, there's no room for them in the inn. I mean, think about this. Joseph and Mary were having a baby. He'd had to go to his hometown to register, because Everybody from that family line had to go to their own hometown. Well, where were all of Joseph's relatives who would have also had to go there? Where were they? Why were Joseph and Mary alone when Jesus was born? And why was he born in some sort of stable or barn? I mean, because laying a baby in a manger is putting him in a hay trough for a crib. I mean, what's going on here? Well, Joseph and Mary were being shunned. There was a huge stigma in their community. If a woman turned up expecting before she was married. And so their families had nothing to do with them. And on the night when Jesus was born, the only people who showed up eventually were a group of shepherds who had been told by an angel that they'd find Jesus lying in a manger. So when Jesus came, almost nobody noticed. The one who's the true light, John speaks about this in John 1, the one who's the true light, speaking of Jesus, who gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people and even they rejected him. People didn't recognize Jesus. They didn't. And not just at his birth, through his whole ministry. People refused to acknowledge that he was the Messiah who had been prophesied about in scripture. So the reason we're talking about this today is we want to make sure that we don't miss out on the significance of the birth of Christ. Other people have for centuries. Not us. Not this year. Not today. So here are three good reasons to celebrate Jesus' birthday. I thought, well, if we're going to talk about this, we're going to talk about reasons why. And then also five things we can do to help make sure we celebrate it the right way. Let's start with these three good reasons to celebrate first, though. First of all, Jesus came to save us from our sins. That's why Jesus came. This is why we make such a big deal out about his birthday angel said a savior was born. Here's the way the writer of Hebrews put it. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who had lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Therefore, it was necessary for him to be made In every respect, like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. That little baby laid in a manger was God in the flesh. That little baby grew up to be our Savior who died on the cross for our sins. The Holy Spirit had indeed placed him inside of Mary's womb. So he would be born sinless. He never inherited a sin nature like the rest of us. So when he died on that cross, he was like us in every way, except he never sinned. He was the perfect substitute. The only one who could be sacrificed on our behalf. The Bible tells us that though God loved his son, he sent his son into the world to die in our place. And God took all the wrath that was due you and me for our sins and poured them out on his own son. So Jesus died so I could live. Jesus was punished so I can go free. If that's good news to you this Christmas, would you say amen? Amen. That's why we celebrate his birthday. Now, with that in mind, listen to Matthew 1 when Joseph was considering how to break off the engagement after he found out that Mary was expecting. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man, didn't want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. He knew the shunning was coming. For her, because he didn't know where the baby had come from at that time, she told him, that he, he didn't believe her, obviously. And then if he went through with the engagement, they would shun him. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She'll have a son, and you're to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, you may not know this, but the name Jesus in Hebrew is Yeshua or Joshua. It literally means the Lord saves. Joseph, what did you name your little boy? The Lord saves. That should be a clue. This is a special child. The Lord saves. Saves. Would you say that with me, please? The Lord saves. That's why they named him Jesus, because he came to save us from our sins. Now, secondly, another reason we celebrate uh, Jesus' birthday at Christmas is because Jesus came to make it possible for us to become part of God's family. Ephesians one: even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in His eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace that he's poured out on us who belong to his dear son. John 1 again. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They're reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So This is how good the good news gets. I mean, it's even better than we thought. Not only are our sins forgiven because Jesus paid the penalty for them, but through Christ, there's a way possible for us to be adopted into God's family and reborn. Be reborn, to be transformed from the inside out through the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, no wonder the angels in heaven were singing when they appeared to the shepherds, glory to God in the highest on earth, peace Goodwill toward men. This is the best news ever. And there's even more. Look at point three. Jesus came to give us abundant eternal life. Sins forgiven. You and I can become part of God's family, and we can have abundant eternal life. Jesus said so. John ten ten. I'll tell you why I came. I've come. They may have life, and they may have it more abundantly, rich and full. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. I became a Christian in college and I'll never forget one of the first times that I shared my faith with another person. It was with a um, graduate assistant in the math department. I got my undergraduate in engineering. And I was explaining to him why I'd become a Christian and basically it followed pretty much what we're talking about this morning, that I was grateful to come to Jesus because he forgave all my sins. I was grateful to come to Jesus because now I was a part of God's family, and I had eternal life that was given to me through Jesus. And he looked at me and went, why would you want to live forever? My life's terrible. I don't want to live forever. I hate life. And I said, well, you misunderstand all the things I've been talking about. Jesus didn't come to allow me to keep living a wounded, terrible, broken, rotten life. He came to forgive all my sins to fill me with love, to fill me with power to change through the Holy Spirit, and become the person he wants me to be, to fill me with joy and strength and happiness and meaning. Now that's a different deal. Now, if you think I got that wrong, well, then look at the next reference. This is Revelation 21. I didn't get this wrong. John, one of Jesus' disciples, was given a glimpse of heaven, and this is what he saw. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them. This is what heaven is like. And they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He'll wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I'm making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. This isn't just wishful thinking at Christmas, some fairy tale. This is truth from the throne of heaven itself. Through Christ, we have abundant eternal life. We're a part of God's family, and our sins are forgiven no matter who we are, no matter what we've done when we come to Christ. If this is good news to you this Christmas, would you again say amen? Amen. You know, if I miss somebody's birthday, and that happened not that long ago, I forgot about somebody's birthday. I saw him a few days later. I said, oh, man, sorry I missed your birthday. He said, and he said well, no, it's okay. Some of my friends remembered. <laughs> like the real ones, you know. Oh, that's embarrassing. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't feel bad enough to get him a gift, up. But anyway, um, but what I, would tell, what I would tell you is I feel bad when I miss somebody's birthday. So do you. But one thing we must never miss, let's not miss Jesus' birthday. Not this year. He's Christ the Lord. And we are grateful that He came into this world. I'm so glad we can take some time to remember that together. Now, one of the things that we do when people come to realizations about all these things in their lives, we baptize them here at this church. We got um, somebody being baptized here this hour, and while they're coming in to get in the pool, Brandon Wildman's going to baptize a young lady this morning. At this service, we had some other ladies get young ladies get baptized last hour, but as they're coming in, I want you to watch the screen and um, just remember a few other people. These are some of the people that we've baptized here this last year at Centerpoint.
3: Well, good morning, Center Point. It's so great to see each and every one of you guys. And yeah, we just watched a video over some of the people this past year that have followed in obedience of what the Lord taught us to do. And this morning, we have someone else that's coming on the eve of Christmas, and we celebrate Jesus' birthday, and they're going to share with you about their life and the life change that happened to them because of a relationship. So, um, before we introduce her, i want to talk about Brittany, Brittany is our teenagers uh, leader here at Center Point Fellowship Church. does a great job. My son is in your ministry. Thank you for what you do for them. So thankful for that. But tell us a little bit about uh, having your niece here in the waters and what it 's meant to you.
4: Try not to cry. <laughs> um well, she's just always meant so much to me. We've been really close relation, had a really close relationship. And, um, since she was born, um, and through her toddler year, she's always had just a, a yearning to know Jesus. And she's always wanted to do devotions and tell me more, tell me more, give me more, give me more Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And so, um, you know, it just makes me so happy to, um, have her here this morning doing this. And so, um,
3: She's a children's minister, she doesn't mean anything. <laughs> well, do me a favor, tell us what your name is, real quick. Palin. Awesome. And Palin, tell us um how you got in this water. What happened? Um, and, and make sure and say her name really loud. But tell us how this happened.
0: I prayed in my um my prince living room, and that's when I became a Christian.
3: Awesome. That's the testimony right there. and We just learned a new name for Brittany. We can call her Brit-Brit. That's great. She, she reply to that. So we are thankful uh, to have you in here today and tell everyone that's how you came to know Jesus. And tell us why you want to be baptized today.
0: Because I love Jesus and I always want to be a Christian.
3: I love it. What a great testimony this morning. All right, Peyton. well, upon your profession of faith that Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of his death. And raised in the likeness of his resurrection. So thankful this morning to spend this time in the waters. This is amazing to be able to do this on Christmas Eve. And all of this happens because living the life in the gospel, allowing God to work through you, and building relationships with other people. This is a family relationship, and this will. Preferably, this will go on to other generations. Earlier in the, in the 930 service, we saw of a connect group leader and some students and the relationship they've had, they've had with Jesus Christ. So when you live out the gospel, when you allow Jesus to work in your life, he not only works in you, but he works in other people as well. Turn your attention to the screen. Watch what happens when we continue to live out the gospel and how that not only impacts other people, but how Jesus will impact
4: our lives as well. Hey, this is Steve Boston. I'm the Auburn site pastor. And a couple of months ago, Celia Thornton and Scott Schumper had talked to me at a staff meeting and said, hey, is there anything we can do to help with Christmas over there in Auburn with uh, some of the people you minister to? And I said, wow, we really do have a huge need. We do a lot of ministry in the housing communities, reaching the least and the lost, and we have about 15 families that would otherwise have not had Christmas for their children. And if it wasn't for Celia's idea on the angel tree, and she told me the first day the tree went out that it was it was basically completely gone, and so we are just uh, we're overwhelmed by your generosity and so thankful for everything that y'all are doing. This
3: Christmas has been like a God-sent miracle for my me and my four kids. The reason I say this is because last year. I only could afford to get them one thing a piece. And it wasn't much, it was maybe a $5 toy out of Dollar General, just so they could have something under the Christmas tree. And this year, my kids got a overflow of things they um, wanted. And I was so happy for them, because I know that once they open their gifts on Christmas Day, they're gonna, their faces are gonna just brighten and shine, and I might, oh, okay. I'm tearing up now. Okay, we haven't had Christmas in 10 years,
5: and I'm just overwhelmed to see my sons opening up Christmas gifts and excited. Because and, they had stopped even believing in Christmas. They didn't wanna do church, they don't wanna do Christmas, and I'm first and foremost thankful for them to even say Jesus because the devil had started swaying them to another side. And now, since I've been talking to him about Mr. Steve and the Center Point Church, he's interested. And he's here today, and I'm excited. That makes me feel good.
3: I want to thank you guys so much from the bottom of my heart for helping my kids get this Christmas that they wanted this year. Amen. Is that
5: not an awesome Christmas? Well, I tell you, Steve, I have known you for a while, and I'm going to tell you, there's a, there's a fire in your soul. Tell me, tell me what was happening at that event, and then tell me, you and Kim, what have you been doing this last year?
4: Well, that event, and really that event is made possible because of all of you. So the first thing my wife, Kim, and I want to do is say thank you um, to all of your generosity. I mean, we had to bring a U-Haul truck over here to get all the presents that you provided. And, you know, uh, as I heard... Um, The song earlier said that Jesus is the hope of all mankind. Y'all are providing hope in Auburn, Alabama to the least and the lost. And so I just can't thank you enough for that. What that was was that was a celebration of a ministry that we have in some of the housing communities. A while back, there's a community that my wife, uh, she works in a middle school that's in one of the neighborhoods. And we drive through there all the time and we felt like the Lord just said, hey, why don't you go in there and build some relationships? It's about a half a mile from Jordan-Hare Stadium. And so we went in there one day and started a VBS, and my wife started a Bible study with three sisters that lived in the community on their porch. And it just turned into 15 families and about 50-something people in that community. And the cool thing about all the people you see behind us is they're all in connect groups each week. So they're not only, you're not just helping them with, with Christmas. They're hearing about the hope of Jesus Christ every week of their lives. And they've gone out and shared it with others, and they're bringing them in. And then we've also got other connect groups. When we first started Auburn about a year ago, yeah. we started in our home with six people, uh, my wife and I leading a connect group. And now that's grown tremendously. And so now the races are coming together. We've got white. We've got African-American. I mean, the gospel is the great equalizer. Amen. I mean, it's bringing all these different people from de- different economic backgrounds, because we have the similar hope of Jesus Christ, and so we're just so excited to be a part of Centerpoint and a part of a church that just believes in in reaching the least and the lost. And we've even started fostering a baby that we brought with us today as part of just being obedient to ministering to one person and. I, and Please hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying, oh, look at us. It's not that. I'm simply saying that I saw a phrase that said those that are most successful in reaching the many are most passionate about reaching the one. So I'm just asking you to be obedient to that one person that God is calling you to step out and put their needs above your own and just see where it goes from there. Uh, but we're so thankful that, uh, for your support and everything that God is doing.
5: I'm going to tell you what. Is that not phenomenal? Man, that's Christmas right there. That's Christmas. You know what? We talked about that was at Auburn. And I'm going to tell you, I just want to give you some good news. Our, we got other sites. Are we Tumka site? Man, first part of January, they're moving to a new facility. We're excited about what God is doing there. Oh, and, and Pike Road, man, we are seeing lives transformed in Pike Road. You've heard some of those stories. And I'm going to tell you, we have no earthly idea where God's going to, uh, where he's going to send us. But we want to be obedient to that one. And y'all have helped us be obedient. Thank y'all. Thank you all so much for doing that. We're going to celebrate Jesus' birthday by the giving of God's tithes and our offering. It's His tithes. And He's able to let us reach all kinds of places. I'm going to tell you, we want to finish out 2017 strong. And I want you to be a part of that. And also start off 18 strong because God wants us to reach the lost many places. The way we take our offering up is to my right, your left. You'll find a, a basket on that last chair. Take that place in your lap. We're going to say a quick prayer. You'll pass it down. Pass it down. The ushers will come by and pick it up. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we thank you that it is your birthday and that we get to celebrate. Thank you for blessing us. Help us to bless others and help us to know of that blessing. In Christ's name, amen.
2: So we've talked about why it's important to remember Jesus birthday. If you open your bulletin back up, I'd like to talk about five simple ways to make sure that we keep Christ front and center at Christmas. Nothing rock, nothing rocket science about any of this. A lot of these things you could argue are pretty much common sense, but that's the whole point. It's just about being intentional and at the top of your page if you'd write the word intentional. that's what we're talking about doing here, <clears throat> making sure, we give Jesus a prominent place in our Christmas celebrations. First of all, we can fill our homes with Christ-centered Christmas music. Is this important? Well, Paul thought so. In Ephesians 5, he said, Don't be drunk with wine. That will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts. I mean, you've heard all kinds of Christmas carols this morning. If you come back tonight for the candlelight service, oh my goodness, we're going to do a lot more singing, won't we? And it's it's wonderful. And it's wonderful because this is, uh, when we sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, it touches our hearts in a special way. And it's really important at Christmas that we remember this. I mean, is that necessary? Well, yeah, because, you know, you can go in our culture, you can listen to Christmas music. The other day, I was just curious because I was driving around, I'd listen to some, the radio, and there was a lot of Christmas songs being played, but none of them were Christian. I mean, they were just fun, And they were neat. And so I got on Billboard's website. They're the ones who track what's being played on the radio, the Hot 100, and all that. Well, (coughs) they have a Billboard Holiday 100 as well, and they tell you what kind of Christmas songs are being played. And I just want to know out of the top 100, how many of those were Christian songs, I mean, Christ centered. And I got on the Hot 100, and I had to go all the way down to number 16, where. Mary Did You Know made it. There's a version of it by a group called the Pentatonics. They're an acapella group, and it's amazing if you haven't heard them sing. They're amazing. And I'm glad it made the list. But then I had to go all the way down to number 73 before we found uh, Oh Come All You Faithful. And then you had to go to number 78 before you found Silent Night. And what was most discouraging about that was number 6 right in between was I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. I mean, how does that beat out Silent Night? I mean, that's just not right, okay? I don't care. Um, but, and, you know, it's fun to sing about how Grandma got run over by a reindeer and other things like that. But those aren't spiritual songs, and they don't help us keep Christ-centered. And so please don't hear me saying there's anything wrong with singing, you know, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. There's not. But somewhere in there, we got to make it a priority in our homes to play Christian Christmas music and play it often and sing out. And so that's why it's important we do that. In case you're wondering, by the way, the number one song, Christmas song, is All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. So uh, good for Mariah. Anyway, but these are just simple things we can do. have our own Christian playlist. And on the back of your outline, by the way, there's some websites where you can even find some helpful hints on that. Uh, The second thing we can do is we can decorate our homes with Christ-centered Christmas decor. We can. I mean, our homes. Is that a big deal? Well, when Moses was teaching the children of Israel ways to remember the commandments that he'd given them, here's what he said, commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these words of mine. Tie them to your hands. Wear them on your forehead as reminders. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Deuteronomy 11. One of the things we have in our kitchen, my wife has a little chalkboard. We rotate out sayings and things that we find of interest, or sometimes it's like, don't forget to pick up this or whatever. You know, it's hanging there for me in the morning, uh, so I won't forget. But anyway, um, this is what's on, our, on the wall in our kitchen now. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Matthew one twenty three. Just a helpful reminder. I mean, it's about Christmas. It's about Jesus, his birthday. Walk in our house, there's a dresser right next to the front door. It's got our nativity scene right there. So when you walk in our house, the first thing, first Christmas decoration you see is about Jesus. When you walk out of our house, the last Christmas decoration you see is about Jesus. That's what we're talking here. We have some Christian Christmas ornaments. We've got lots of other kinds of ornaments, too. It's fun to decorate. But where is Jesus in this? And are we strategic? strategically intentionally placing things to remind ourselves that jesus is the reason for the season thirdly we can read the christmas story from the bible shocker okay you go, john everybody knows that yeah we do but do we take time to do that ourselves obviously we've been reading some of the scriptures here this morning and every week we'll read some more tonight at the services we have but this is about in our own homes Could we sit down and read the Bible together? Matthew 1, Matthew 2, Luke 1, Luke 2. Some of the prophecies about Jesus coming in Isaiah. What if we did that at home? Psalm 78 tells us why. We will not hide these truths from our children. We'll tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord and about his power and mighty wonders. There's all kinds of Christ-centered books, Christmas books, and Christ-centered Christmas movies, too. doesn't mean other movies are bad. They're not. But if we're going to keep Christ at the center, we need to make sure we've got some time devoted to those things. It's about being intentional. Fourthly, we can plan Christ-centered activities. The early church did this right after the Holy Spirit was poured out and the church rapidly multiplied. (coughs) The Bible tells us that some wonderful things were accomplished in the midst of all these Christians. And here are some things they did. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship to breaking bread, and to prayer. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They did things together to honor Christ as a large group, and they did things to honor Christ in their homes. This is what we're talking about. Coming to worship services at Christmas, musical performances, Christian musical performances, excellent. Great things to do. But what about in our own homes? One of the things we started doing when my boys were small is, every Christmas Eve, the menu for dinner, and it will happen tonight at our home, is um, we have homemade pizza, and we have birthday cake and ice cream. Because when our boys were small, that's what they wanted on their birthdays. We figured that's what Jesus would have wanted on his birthday. <laughs> and we started it, we'd start singing, and we'd sing, Happy Birthday to Jesus. We've kept doing it all these years. Now that they're grown, a couple of them are married, they're home. Like I said, we're still going to do this tonight, because we like pizza. We're, we're good with that, okay? But we also like, we like remembering Jesus that way. I mean, it is his birthday. That's a Christ-centered family celebration. And then we read, we combine it, we read the Christmas story. Because we don't ever want to forget what Christmas is all about. Finally, a fifth way that we can keep Christ in Christmas is to prayerfully invite others to join our Christmas celebrations. Now, you might be wondering, well, if Jesus had a birthday party, who would he invite? The good news is we don't have to wonder. He told us, this is Jesus, Luke 14. When you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers, your relatives, your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back. And so you will be repaid. But if you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you'll be blessed. Although they can't repay you, you'll be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. I mean, Jesus said, hey, if you want to know what I want for Christmas, if you want to know who I want invited to my birthday party, invite somebody who doesn't have any friends. Invite somebody who doesn't have any place to go. So, I mean, let's think about this. Even today, if you know somebody who's stationed here because of the military, they're a thousand miles away from any of their family, maybe they're on duty all day today, and tomorrow they don't have any family to be with on Christmas, could you make room at your table? Could I? What about somebody who had a loved one pass away this last year? First Christmas without dad, first Christmas without their spouse. Could they be a part of our family? When we start thinking this way, we're putting Christ first. And may asks, well, why would you do that? Well, Christmas is Jesus' birthday. And that's who he would have invited to his party. We celebrate Christmas because Jesus is our Savior. We celebrate Christmas because Jesus made it possible for all of us to become part of God's family. We celebrate Christmas because through Christ we have abundant eternal life. I'm just so glad that we could be here today and remind ourselves of these things. Can we ask God to bless our family celebrations and even the worship services that we're going to have here this evening? Would you pray with me? Oh, Heavenly Father, we come before you in praise and adoration on this Christmas Eve. We thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to give us life, to give us forgiveness, to give us a place in your family. We thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to guide us and empower us in our daily lives. We ask that you would open our eyes now so we can see your greatness and marvel again at the wonders of your love this Christmas season. Please bless the time that we have with family and friends, and may you remain at the center of our celebrations in our homes. And Lord, if there's somebody who needs a place, or a place at a table, and we know them, or we see a need, Lord, give us the opportunity and the wisdom and the courage to know how to respond. Lord, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for even the time we had now just to slow down for a minute. Thank you for all your kindness toward us. We're grateful. And Jesus, we want to wish you a happy birthday. We thank you for hearing our prayers. We do pray these things in the strong name of Christ our Lord. Amen. We're going to sing one more Christmas carol this morning. Uh, Nick, you're going to lead us, right? Yep, Away in a Manger. Away in a Manger. And it's something that we all learned as kids, most of us learned as kids. I want us to stand now and sing it out loud. And uh, let's sing Away in a Manger together and remind ourselves that this is Jesus' birthday. <laughs> oh. doing a lot more singing this afternoon at 3 and 4, 30 and 6. And if you have a friend that hasn't made it to church in a long time, please bring them. You'll be blessed if you come. Um, before we leave here today,
5: though, Scott, are you back there? I'm here. Hey, guys, every week we come in here and this place is set up so nice and taken care. Of. And I want to tell you, these are our hotel staff that we got some more, but these two are working today on Christmas Eve to make it. Let's give it up. <laughs> And when you're walking out, would you give them a Merry Christmas? I look forward to seeing y'all tonight. Hey, next week, next week, we did Christmas Eve this week. We've got New Year's, uh, it'll be New Year's Eve next week. Come to worship service because we're going to be talking about how to get a fresh start. What was the name of your sermon there, John? Uh, uh, Simple Resolution. Simple Resolution. Simple, I couldn't remember I couldn't remember it. That's it. So we'll see you next week. Merry Christmas to y'all. Yeah.